Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding. And I'm uh, Jordan Wald. And you might not recognize Jordan because he is a special guest on Animation and Beyond today. Jordan is a friend of ours who also, like Ezra and I, has a huge passion for animated movies and kids' films. And uh, so we're having him on the show today to talk about one of the greatest animated films. Thank you, Marty. Yeah, we're excited to have you on it, Jordan. Thanks. And thank you, too, Ezra. Yeah. Of course. We love having guests on. So we are going to talk about the film A Bug's Life today, which is a classic from 1998. And, and before we get into that, we are going to do a kind of new segment, which is going to be a quote feature. So Jordan, Ezra, and I have all prepared some of our favorite quotes from an animated movie today, and we're going to recite them, hopefully with some acting, do a little bit of voice acting today, right, you guys? Awesome. Yep. Yeah. And then we will try to guess each other's movie that the quote is from, and we'll go from there. Sound good? Yep. Awesome. Well, because you're the guest, Jordan, why don't we have you go first? So go ahead and hit us with your favorite quote from an animated movie. You got it. Simba. Let me tell you something that my father told me. Look at the stars. The great kings of the past are looking down on us from those stars. Really? Yes. So whenever you feel alone, just remember that those kings will always be there to guide you. And so will I. Wow. Ezra, what movie do you think that's from? I don't know. You don't know? He says the name in it. Of course I know. I'm just being sarcastic. It's The Lion King. That's right. You got us. (laughs) Good job, Ezra. Yeah, Jordan, you sound just like Mufasa from The Lion King. Thanks. Very noble and wise. Yeah, I know my Disney knowledge. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll go next. And uh, I think my my quote might be a little bit trickier, but maybe you guys will get it. Who was Big Z? You're asking the right guy. You got that far. Z is everything. Big Z is surfing. I mean, there might as well not been an ocean before Z. They invented the ocean just for him because he lived so hard because he wasn't afraid to live. He wasn't afraid to die. He came to Antarctica when I was just a kid. Man, it was the biggest thing that ever happened here. And suddenly there he was, just floating over the water, just hovering, you know, like weightless. He could have walked up to anyone and he walks right up to me. And he gives me this awesome, one-of-a-kind Big Z necklace. And he tells me, you know, kid, never give up. Find a way, because that's what winners do. Man, he was the greatest. Everyone looked up to him, respected him, loved him. And one day, I'm going to be just like him. What movie is that from, you guys? Surf's Up, Sony Pictures Animation's second film. Yeah, Surf's Up. You got it. Surf's Up's... One of my favorite movies, I've probably mentioned that before, but I love that quote because it kind of sets the whole plot of the whole film up because it describes how obsessed with Big Z Cody is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which reminds me, Jordan, why did you like the quote that you picked? Well, uh, I thought it was pretty catchy and I thought it was kind of touching and uh, I think I like that quote because it's like when a pastor is talking to a to a boy at church. Oh, Yeah. It does have that that transfer of wisdom. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, and now Ezra, what's your chosen quote for the day? A really funny line from... Don't tell us. 
So, being a ladybug automatically makes me a girl. Is that it, Flyboy? Huh? Yikes, she's a guy. <laughs> Francis, leave them alone. They're poo-poo heads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I loved your uh, enthusiasm there, Ezra. Yes, yeah, yeah, it sounded like, uh, like, like that character was really angry. Yeah. Jordan, what movie is that quote from? Obvious, A Bug's Life. <laughs> oh, man. It's almost like Ezra planned that for our transition. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So let's go ahead and switch on over into our feature presentation. Thanks for reciting your quotes, everyone. <laughs> And today, we're going to talk about A Bug's Life. Who wants to kick it off? I'll do it. Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, so A Bug's Life is the second Disney Pixar film that was released in November 1998. And uh, and it was based on Pixar films. Like, the first one, example, was Toy Story, which was released in November 1995. But then a few years later, three years after Toy Story was released, Sweet. Yeah, so it was a close following to Toy Story. And why was that important, do you think, Ezra? Because Toy Story was a film that changed the world and was the first ever co fully computer animated movie. And there's nothing been anything like that before. No, but they definitely did introduce some new technology complementing what they did with Toy Story for A Bug's Life. Yes, A Bug's Life, I know, did not have like the same like successful impact Toy Story received. No, it definitely didn't. Toy Story was a hit right off the bat, and Bug's Life, though it grossed, like, I think 390-something million dollars, which is a lot of money, uh, that took time to rack up that money. Yep, it sure did. Yes, it didn't have received the same success as Toy Story, but it was a fun film. Yeah. Absolutely. But there was one thing in Toy Story that there was in a Bug's Life. For example, when the circus bugs got fired from their Raymaster, those little flies that were getting close to the light, there was a scene of a, of a Pizza Planet truck next to it. Yeah, that's appeared in every Pixar film onward after that. Yeah, the Pizza Planet uh, truck from the Toy Story films. Yeah, it's like a, like, a, like a cameo or an Easter egg or whatever you call it. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Great observation, you guys. But I will say, let's back it up because we need to talk really quickly about the plot of A Bug's Life because it's kind of a unique one. I know it very well. Go for it, Ezra. It's about ants who are forced by some evil and greedy grasshoppers to collect food and treat them as their slaves. But one ant who's not like the other ant collects foods differently than others. And that's his name is Flick and he does inventions, which at first everyone thinks are useless and are a disaster. And he causes all the food that they collected for the grasshoppers to fall into the water, which causes the grasshoppers to, to break into the anthill. And they make a deal with them that they'll be back by next summer and they need enough food. And they don't believe at first that it was Flick who was responsible for that. Then Flick gets into trouble. And then he comes up with a plan to find some bugs that would, that would stop the grasshoppers once and for all. So then he goes out to look for bugs. He finds some bugs who he thinks at first are warriors, but then he saw that they actually came from a circus. I know, the ultimate mistake. Flick later gets banished when the circus comes and finds his troop, and then later the grasshoppers come and invade are about to take over Ant Island once and for all. But then they, Flick and the circus bugs come back to save them, 
and they use try to use a fake bird they built, but that wasn't good enough. But then they Flick uses his best trick yet to stop Hopper, the evil leader of the grasshoppers, a real bird which he is later devoured by. Yep. What did you want to add, Jordan? Well, I was going to say that I think I think that Flick all he wanted to do was to make a difference for his ant colony. Like he was trying to be useful for them, but sometimes he keeps messing things up a little bit, and sometimes I feel kind of sorry for that guy. Yeah. Because all he wants to do is make a difference. Like, everybody wants to make a difference in life. Yep. Yeah. At the end of the movie, they all, some of the other worker ants have start using Flick's machines when they realize how useful they are. And they're finally free from the grasshoppers forever. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a coming of age story because Flick learns a lot about himself. But I, it's also another kind of story that I'm blanking on the name of, but one where someone you know, goes through a lot of trials in order to earn the respect of his peers, right? Yep. And he, you know, there are all these mishaps, like you said, Jordan, where he's he thinks he has found this army of bigger bugs, but really he's just found a circus troupe, which is about the most opposite thing you can find. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and when he saw them, he said, yeah, they were saying stuff like, uh, stand back, you fuss. We are the greatest warriors in all chipper. Yes, I found warriors. But as it turns out, they were just acting as warriors they weren't really warriors mm-hmm. yeah i remember like the funny circus bugs like heimlich the the gluttonous caterpillar a bad-tempered male ladybug named francis a walking stick named slim a big rain- scary looking but gentle rhinoceros beetle named din yep yeah and can we just take a minute to acknowledge how awesome those names are for those bugs huh yep yeah there's just one thing though like at the end of the movie when when Highland thought he finally turned into a butterfly, all he got was wings, but the rest of his body was still a caterpillar. Interesting. Yeah, like, uh, like how come in the movie they didn't really turn him into a real butterfly? He was just only half. I don't know. I think that is not really how it goes in nature. I think that caterpillars become fully a butterfly before they come out of the cocoon, right? Yes, I know. I remember Princess Dot, who was a small aunt, who was also the younger sister of Princess Ada, who Flick had a crush on. Yeah, and she kind of runs the ant colony, and she's the one who initially banishes Flick for his behavior, right? Yeah. And I know that Dot, his her younger sister, was made fun of because of her short size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she and Flick later become good friends and work as a team to stop those evil grasshoppers. Yeah. I remember... Hopper's younger brother, Moltz, who was really funny, but he wasn't really bad like the other grasshoppers, though. He was more silly and dim-witted, but he becomes a good guy at the end and joins the circus. We love a character arc of semi-evil to good. Now, I do want to say that it's interesting to me how this film, you know, even though it's a kid's film and it's animated and it's talking about, you know, talking dancing singing bird manipulating ants and and evil you know maniacal grasshoppers it is drawing on real nature Mm -hmm. you know ants do actually compile food they spend their whole year gathering food and then grasshoppers do wind up eating a lot of it yeah that's true yeah interesting yes i thought hopper was similar to scar from the lion king because he had a scar on his eye and the grasshoppers who work for him were somewhat like the hyenas. That's a good thing to put it there like that. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And again, The Lion King is another movie where they're kind of using animals' natural roles in the wild to create a plot, a fictional plot of characters. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
So I was reading about this movie and realized that you guys know the DreamWorks movie Ants? Oh, yeah, which was very similar. Yeah, and which was the first film by DreamWorks Animation. Yeah, and it was released a month before A Bug's Life came out. Yeah. I remember it had Woody Allen as Z. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of a conflict, apparently. Jeff and Jeffrey uh, Katzenberg of DreamWorks. And I met him once when I went to DreamWorks at Animation years ago, by the way. Oh, cool. So there was, apparently there was a conflict between Jeffrey Katzenberg, who is a co-founder of DreamWorks, and John Lasseter and Steve Jobs of Pixar because they were producing similar movies. And so they were kind of creating this explicit competition between their two movies. Yeah. Similar to how years later, when Pixar did Finding Nemo, DreamWorks over a year later did a similar film called Shark Tale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of funny how subject matter can line up like that. Yeah, it kind of does. It makes me wonder if maybe the world was really into bugs in the 90s, and then it was really into the ocean in the 2000s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but there, was, there is a difference between ants and a bug site, because in the movie Ants, uh, there wasn't a lot, but there were like a little bit of swear words in that movie, in Ants. Oh, really? Yeah. It was PG-rated. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, if Ants is supposed to be a kid's movie, why would they put swear words in them? Huh. Ants was PG-rated, A Bug's Life was G-rated. Yeah. So it was intended for a little bit more mature audience. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I'm thinking of another movie about bugs that was really unsuccessful. Was it the a bee movie? Uh, no, it was it was a it was loosely based on a children's book. It came out in 2006. It was called The Ant Bully. Oh yeah, that one. Oh, so what was the difference between that movie and A Bug's Life, which was also about ants? It had humans, A Bug's Life didn't. Yeah. Got it. So maybe people didn't like the way that they had structured it with humans. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, I know from 2000 till until 2018, there was A Bug's Land, which was part of Disney California Adventure and had a few rides and also had It's Tough to Be a Bug, which they still currently have at Disney's Animal Kingdom, which opened several months before the movie was released. But A Bug's Land closed to get replaced by Avengers Campus, the Marvel area. Got it. I'm sure Jordan was excited about that. I know you're a, a Marvel fan, Jordan. Yeah, well, I was a little bit sad that A Bug's Land closed because I went to Disneyland a few years ago, which was in uh, spring break, 2012, and that Bug's Land was pretty neat. But yeah, I am excited for the Avengers Campus too. Cool. And just to add here, so for context, Jordan lives in Austin, Texas. So he's a lot further from Disneyland uh, which is, you know, outside Los Angeles, where Ezra lives. Yeah. And so speaking of what A Bug's Life is based on, A Bug's Life is also based on a children's, on one of Aesop's fables, actually. Called The Ant and the Grasshopper. Yeah, I heard about that. It kind of captures the relationship between an ant that brings a grasshopper their food for the year. Yes, yep. I know that Disney did a Silly Symphonies cartoon called The Grasshopper and the Ants in the 1930s. Oh. Yeah, it was like one of the earliest ones. I've heard of it, but I haven't exactly seen it yet. Hmm. I think the Silly Symphonies are hard to find these days, especially the really early ones. Yeah, I think some of them are on Disney+, Plus, but I can double check later. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are so many Silly Symphonies. I can imagine that it's hard to get all of them in one place. Yep. Cool. So... Let's go ahead and wrap up our conversation about A Bug's Life. Does anyone want to add anything else about this fun and tiny, tiny movie? 
A good one from my childhood, which I've seen since I was a little kid. Yeah. And I really loved the Bugs Life so much. And uh, I used to watch it at my grandmother's house all the time. And, and that uh, pretty, and that aunt, female aunt, Princess Ada, I kind of thought she was cute when I was a kid. <laughs> you had a little crush on her too, just like Flick. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but I was like, yeah, but we're not the same species. One of my third <laughs> Yeah, well, and you're 3D and she's 2D, so that would make it hard. Yeah. But I get it. She's really cool. She's really cool. Awesome. So we're going to move into trivia. And our trivia question from two weeks ago, Jordan, you're just going to get to go ahead and join in on. It's about Lyle Crocodile and specifically the author of the books that wrote Lyle Crocodile. So Ezra, if you want to recap the, the question and give us the answer, go for it. Yes. What other classic children's book by Bernard Weber, the author of Lyle Crocodile, was also adapted into an animated special for the HBO storybook musical series from late in the 80s and early in the 90s. It was called Ira Sleeps Over, based on another classic children's book by Bernard Weber, which was one of his other books he did besides the Lyle the Crocodile stories. Oh, well, I would have never guessed that. It was a good children's book. I remember when I was a little kid, but it wasn't as well known as Lyle the Crocodile. But I remember watching the animated special of it too, but I remember the Lyle special a bit more because the Lyle the Crocodile stories were probably his most famous books. Got it. Well, that's an interesting fact that he had another series, even if it wasn't as successful as the Lyle series. Yeah. All right. Well, for next week, we've got a question about A Bug's Life, and Jordan's going to say it for us. Take it away, Jordan. What other Disney Pixar character made a cameo scene in the bloopers scene at the end of credits of A Bug's Life? Know the answer? Give us a shout out, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Thank you for listening, everyone, and thank you, Jordan, for coming on to the show, and we'll see everyone next week. You're welcome. It was, it was really a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to doing this again. Sweet. Thanks, Jordan. Bye.